0: hello there welcome back to star wars in the galaxy uh why you know Star not we can get our hands on i'm eli i'm jacob this is episode 125 we made it to 125 of star wars in the galaxy and what a what better of an of a thing to do for our 125th episode than by talking about in my opinion one of the greatest pieces of star wars media maybe ever um Uh, We are here with our chronological rewatch. Right now we are in season 16. Obi-Wan Kenobi. We are finishing up with part six today. Part six, or as I called it right uh, after I watched it, what the fuck did I just see? Um, I'm I'm not going to hold back on on how much I love this. And Jacob, you've been putting this up up with this for six episodes. And as a reward, very soon you get to put up with my nubs obsession for a good seven eight episodes so good luck on that one
1: if i've done it i've done it for four years but, I can do it forever. but 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 hey
0: i have to put up with andor for 12 episodes that'll be you're not
1: ready eli you're, you're not ready you're not ready I'm gonna, I'm gonna pop open the scroll of my praises for andor it's gonna it's gonna drop onto the floor it's gonna go it, it, you're not ready <laughs>
0: all right um but we are yet again not alone this is the first guest i had mine for this season i'm like okay we haven't had this person on for a while. Um, this is their third time on Star Wars in the Galaxy, if I'm not mistaken. The first person I booked is, okay, part six, I want Alden Diaz on this host of OCTO Radio, host of Anytime with Ken and Alden, both weekly fixtures of my Star Wars podcast. I'm I Anytime is, I always want to check into Anytime. He's been a good friend and a mentor to me in this space, and I'm interested to hear, also, because... There's a non zero chance that a certain person will be listening to this. I guess I could say he's also the number one contender in Epic Confrontations and has beat Jared four times. We said four, four, five. I've he's motioning five, five to me. He's motioning to be five. I don't know how many times I'm considering counting. It's at least three. I'll say it, it's at least three. You're um, a bad um, but man anyway. for
1: that, Eli. You are. <laughs> Instigating I, I, on the main show. Instigating on the main show now.
0: <laughs> but what do you expect <sighs> of me? Anyway,
1: all um, the DS. A... All right,
2: episode six: The Children from Tahar. I'm so excited to be talking about part six of Resistance. Or uh,
0: that's right. going to be about that's going to be about
2: 2033. Oh, oh, okay. So this is this is going to be the I. This is the I.
0: That's going to be about November.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so, this is the prisoner. Did you guys do that one? I'm trying to figure out what six we're on. And I'm running out of sixes for this joke that I know off the top of my head. I think Sticks um, of Resistance Season 2 is from beneath.
0: You might be right oh, on no, that one. I can't. Well, I wouldn't be able to tell. Honestly, that's a good EC question uh, that now I'm not going to ask because I said it on here. <laughs> uh, but um, the, the prisoner is about 2027, 20, I'd assume. Yeah, something like oh my that. God, dude. Um, well,
2: we're here. Then, I guess we could settle guess we could settle, settle. for Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> for harder, um, one of
0: the greatest live action things ever uh um, yes. but yeah here we
2: here we are now entertain here, us
0: here, yep Jacob before we begin uh, would you like to give us a summary of part 6 uh, of Obi-Wan Kenobi
1: with pleasure part 6 of Obi-Wan Kenobi Reva she's alive on the ragged edge she arrives on Tatooine to find Luke Skywalker while in parallel Darth Vader and the Empire pursue the path in the ship Obi-Wan decides to confront Vader alone despite the protests of the children and parents under his watch, despite the protests of Leia, despite the protests of Rogan. He decides to go to a nearby planet in the small shuttle. He goes to Vancor while the path safely escapes, Vader of course deciding to bring the whole Star Destroyer in pursuit of Kenobi. He faces Vader and Vader almost defeats him, almost buries him under a ton of rocks, but Obi-Wan regains his full connection to the Force, and he puts Darth Vader in a pack. He goes crazy on Vader. realizing He realizes, however, that Anakin has completely embraced his identity as Darth Vader. They have a heart-to-heart, but Kenobi is very sad by what he sees, and he leaves. After arriving at Luke's home in the desert, Reva uh, is confronted by Owen and Baru. They decide to try and take her on in order to help Luke in order to help keep Luke safe. And they hold their own, although he does, she does mess up Owen pretty bad, but they do the best that they can, considering that she's an Inquisitor. Uh, so she chases Luke out into the desert and finds him, and she's about to kill him, but she remembers how Anakin massacred all of her young Luke friends in the Jedi Temple, and she can't bring herself to do it, deciding instead to return Luke to his family. Kenobi arrives just in time as well, and he congratulates her for overcoming her own trauma liberating herself from the dark side Uh, back on mustafar vader now healed decides to call off his search for obi-wan for the time being he talks to emperor palpatine who questions his loyalty his motives whether he has a clear head and vader firmly says obi-wan means nothing to me back on alderaan we see leia again with her parents back with back with brea and bale Um, and obi-wan pulls up and visits them, and of course promises that he's just one call away if the Organas ever need help. He finally returns to Tatooine, resolves his conflict with Owen by agreeing to let Luke live a normal life and keep his distance, and having finally completed the mission, he's able to converse with the Force spirit of his long-lost master, Qui-Gon Jinn. Now this is an insane episode, you guys. Wow. This is... but this, this is the wrap job. up
0: of a lifetime.
1: My jaw was on the floor at several junctures, even in the rewatch. So,
0: so yeah, no, it felt like I got to say, I, I don't think I've watched this since the premiere. And I'm like, I'm, I was curious because I've always said it's like one of my favorite Star Wars anything. And I'm like, is it going to hold up? And I'm happy to say that it felt like I was watching it for the first time and it held up exactly as much as I thought it would, hoped it would. Um, uh, before we begin, I want to end our tradition. Um, this has been a six-episode tradition on this season, and just say that logo though, because that logo is the best title sequence of any Star Wars anything. Transforming into Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mentioned in all six episodes and mm-hmm. I'm gonna finish the streak now. It's so good, and like I'm tempted to say, "Hey, more Kenobi!" Just for that
2: the obi-wan kenobi with the little lightsaber for the eye was a spectacular touch Uh, it was it was
0: fantastic
2: yeah we're we're on point you guys what we're talking about here is not to do too much of a uh, where were you where were we type thing but this really was monumental in a way that you do slip back immediately into sense memory i remember being up this is before they adjusted to the 9 p.m. Eastern time slot for drops. And of course, oh. before they
0: adjusted back.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so we've been uh, is that true? Okay. I don't want to date this yeah, too much. Thanks,
0: thanks oh. Bad Batch. Thanks, oh. Bad Batch. Really appreciate
2: <laughs> my, you. My pain. All right. <laughs> Not to date it too much, but Alden was hurting when this was recorded in this moment. But so I'm up early. It's, I guess How long is this one? Like 50 something minutes. So let's say 355 or whatever. I've just cried. And Charlie Ashby from the Imperial Senate podcast. He's at work because he's in the UK. And so he is going to watch it during his break from work. He's going to set up at a computer and he texts me. What do you think? And of course, non-spoiler. And I said, brother, if they knocked it any further out of the park, then it might be considered some sort of scientific feat. Of the space race it was absolutely not just in terms of what we want or whatever but the promise that they set out to make this as kathleen kennedy called it the rematch of the century uh, all the hype but then star wars celebration anaheim were sitting there and they unveil that prequel pre-roll or did they not reveal it at celebration i can't remember maybe that was disney plus release but that prequels pre-roll that really makes this feel like episode that is solidified here and it is dare I say a masterpiece and we worship at the altar of Deborah Chow for this episode I will also say before I yield my time uh, and start drinking my coffee excellent summary gentlemen that was a great summary although I don't think you put enough emphasis on the fact that Baru's got the smoke. Baru is I knew you were going to say that I
0: knew you were going to say that. Baruch space, goes Beru's space she weapons go hard.
2: Baruch space weapons being hidden in the fixtures of the homestead. Like, Baru is ready. Baru I, I, Good. I Beru said every corner of the homestead is where you got me fucked up.
0: Because okay. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. my thing I, that I said in my notes, and we'll, of course we'll get to this when we we'll get to this, is that Baru looked ready to cut a bitch. That's what
2: she looked ready to 100%. So, every yeah. aspect of this, everyone came to play. All time performances from everyone involved, old and new. I- incredible.
1: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It was, it was, they really delivered.
0: Uh, I, with this I'm time. trying to I, remember. I, I, I don't even. Remember. That's the thing is, you were talking about sense of memory and like where you were, like, I don't even remember. I think the, for me, actually, I think the, the episode was so good that I do not remember. Like, I kind of just went in and exited out of the world at the end. I do not remember. Like, there was, there's some stuff, like, I remember watching that two part of The Bad Batch in season two for the first time. And uh, sitting there at the end of Truth and Consequences after Palpatine's Machiavellian speech being like, oh. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they could do that. But this one, I, I don't remember exactly where it was, but like, I do remember just the feeling of, oh my god, this is maybe one of the greatest Star Wars things I've ever seen. Obviously, I've called this, um, you're absolutely right about it. I've called this episode three and a half. And it, this episode, I think, is the final nail in the coffin that proves that this is the bridge between the original and prequel trilogies. What a... Yeah, we have so much to get to. I will just start off with this one, and I forgot about this um, until I watched it. I don't know what they did with the way they shot the Star Destroyer, Vader Star Destroyer, which I'm pretty sure that is the Devastator, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it makes sense if it is. But anyway, when the Devastator, I'm going to say, is chasing the past ship, I felt like I was, like, I felt like this was, that was shot in 1983. It felt like an original trilogy. It felt so original trilogy. The way the Star Destroyer was firing, it felt incredibly retro. And it it really, of course, it's, they're chasing Obi-Wan. Um,
1: yeah. It's a hundred percent. And I love that it was a hundred percent, a nod, and interpolation, a nod to the opening shot or the opening sequence of A New Hope, of course. Given all the parallels that we have between Vader, he's pursuing Leia and Kenobi. Now he's just pursuing Leia. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I thought it was amazing, though. It was, a, it was a great way to kick things off, setting the tone for the audience as well, knowing that we have the knowledge that we do about, oh, this is this is a new hope, this is that again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like By uh, the within way, the- it Ooh. is the demonstrator.
1: Oh, good. Okay, cool. Dotting yeah. that down for when
2: I need to defend my title. <laughs> but when you have the full context of particularly what part five does to get us here. But what the show is making the point that these two characters, like a lot of great fictional rivalries are always having the same battle. It's always Obi-Wan sleight of handing out foxing when he was his brother slash father figure and mentor all the way now to a mortal enemy. It's I'm always going to outpace you by a little bit. And who is Obi-Wan the master sort of mentor father figure to in the show? Leia and Leo will be leading him on this same chase at the beginning of <laughs> New Hope and that famous scene. So it's like he's already bequeathing the this is how you string Vader along yeah. to, in the name of good and it is very retro although the duck lips that lit the internet ablaze are very modern and I love them.
0: So the, I, the was, Grand I, visitor, I I was on a call yeah I was on a <laughs> call was, with all few friends of ours when he mentioned this the duck lips and I'm like I legitimately did not remember it from the, this episode. Is so action packed. I legitimately did not remember the ducklets. and so I made an extra effort when I was watching it to look at it. And, and I saw them. I'm like, "Those are crazy. Those were crazy."
1: Dude, I, I didn't even notice did. it until the rewatch.
0: No, no me neither. Me. me the minute, the minute
1: he says, the minute Vader says, "Pursue Kenobi," you see the Inquisitor go like,
0: Ooh, the, the, an "Interesting the, choice, the, man." The Curb your Enthusiasm theme is playing in his head oh my god um,
1: yeah uh, no. that's exactly so, who he is though he's yeah very, no, he's god. no Rupert one comes is
0: close. No one comes Rupert close. Friend is fantastic and the only problem I have with him in this episode is that he wasn't in enough of it um, <laughs> uh, but
1: imagine the yeah, scene um, of him coming down to rescue Vader when Vader's left so, on Vancouver just wheezing and rolling around in the dirt
0: Vanquor, by the way
1: it's not Vancouver, am I wrong about that it doesn't have a name. Oh, see, I was going to react to
2: this off air and be like, "Did it get named?" Um, no, I. As of right now, I
0: apologize. I, I looked. I, I looked it, it, it up Vancouver. right now. Yeah. No, it's it's it is. I feel like intentionally left unnamed. Um, yeah. No, maybe. I, I looked it up just to make sure. Yeah. No, it is. I actually. Oh, we'll get to that later. But I love that it remains unnamed because it doesn't matter. It does not matter where it is. The only thing that's relevant is that Obi Wan and Vader have their epic duel there, and that's the only thing we need to we need to know about it. Um, it is the rocks. That's it. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so we start off, of course, on the ship. We start off on uh, with although we've been talking this season about when it was Ben on the on the show and when it was Obi Wan. And that transition, which we which starts to happen, at least we were talking about at the beginning of part four, where we start to see Obi Wan Kenobi back. This is full scale. This episode is full scale. Never missing a beat. Obi Wan Kenobi is back. This is Jedi Master Obi Wan Kenobi. Which of course we had to have Ben in parts one through three to so so we could build up to obi-wan kenobi in parts in half, half of part four and especially five and six yeah. um and this plan of, oh i'm gonna go on my own and chase vader i was just like that is such an obi-wan plan
2: mm-hmm.
0: that is what like, with that core of sacrifice with jedi's life is all about sacrifice um, i didn't
2: know that i've never heard that
0: <laughs> <laughs> um
2: perhaps even rising and falling
0: why do we <laughs> fall so Why do we fall? Back up again. Oh, so okay. we
2: can force push our way through the boulders and the rubble.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's making um, yeah.
1: he's making uh, the most Jedi choice possible here. This is he is yeah. this is like the Obi Wan meter ticking back up to one hundred percent.
2: And so much of modern Star Wars, particularly on television, is about synthesis. What do I take of the old me with the new me? Particularly for, in the case of Dinjarin, Boba Fett, Fennec Shan, Ahsoka, and Obi Wan Kenobi. All at that midlife, I'm in my 40s. How do where am I going? Yeah, so much of yeah, our words is about starting out. Ezra, Ray, Lou, Young Anakin. It's about starting out, finding my path. This is, I've been down a path, but now I don't know what to do. And they all react differently. To your point, he's combining the elements of the bend that he's had to be for a decade in hiding with what he's learned and the survival, the, the survivalist. Aspects that have happened as being old men in the desert working on his his butcher shop in the middle of nowhere uh, on that giant ass creature. He's he is all those things, and he will be Ben by the time we meet him in New Hope, post this, post Twin Sons, all that stuff. But it'll be a Ben not created out of shame. It'll be a Ben created out of duty. It'll be a Ben created by Obi Wan Kenobi. Not Obi Wan Kenobi was broken, and Ben is what's left. He's able to create it all. And a point that I love, when we were covering this on Octo Radio, for episodes, I believe, five, maybe four and five, I had uh, M and and Mark. At the time, it was all under pig milk, but now you can find them both on Braxium and on their own stuff now. And M made a great point because we were talking about something I love in the show, which is the costume evolution. This episode and this battle in particular is the last hurrah of gray tunic Obi-Wan an outfit which we only got for a little while, only two or three episodes. We got this and Oh buddy, I love it. And then at the end, we've got what is was iconic to nerds. The more desert Obi-Wan the the, what sideshow has used a lot. They call it Jedi legend on some of the figures and which I love as a name for an outfit. And what's what M pointed out is that when you get to Jabim. And these path places, they're leaving notes like Quinlan did, and there's leftover lightsabers. There's obviously leftover tunics and robes picked from for Obi-Wan that people have left behind as they've found their new identities. And there's no, it's not that there's no dignity in that people need to do what they do to survive, but it speaks to who Obi-Wan is that whenever in this show, he was presented with an opportunity to be more or less Jedi, he doubles down every single time.
0: He leaves that
2: planet. He has his blue outfit on when it starts. Yeah. Blue B1 Kenobi. And then he moves on and he's got a wanderer. He goes to Dayu and all these places. And it just gets more and more him in a time when for most people it was, let me get less and less like that. And, And I say all that to say that there is nothing else this character would do than stand there and say, I will do what I must. It's both a callback and it's also, yeah, of course, it has to be that.
1: This is him restaking, reclaiming exactly who he is and who he has been. And you're absolutely right. But We see that, as you so beautifully explained, all, we see that in the outfit, I think. And then when we get, like you said, the second, kind of the part two of Ben's time in the desert leading up to A New Hope, we see the Jedi legend outfit, you know, it's a little bit different. I think maybe th- that reflects me you know, in this episode. We'll get to more in depth later, but he, kind of, during his talk with Anakin slash Vader, he, what Vader says, it could kind of be seen as helping him release his shame a little bit. Like you said, Ben was created out of shame, but then we see Obi-Wan kind of realize that it wasn't, his fault when he talks mm-hmm. to when yeah. he sees and hears Anakin Hayden's voice coming through, still to say, like, "No, motherfucker, I did this."
2: Mm. I can. And when, he's under, when yeah. he's under the rocks, when he's under the rocks, it's, it's the images of the kids, particularly Leia, yeah. who we just went on this adventure with. It's like if it's almost as if to it's like his own memories and the fours and his heart and soul. Everything is telling yeah. him, like, "I can't be a failure because they believe because yeah. these kids." have the opportunity to play and grow up if you're luke it's to be an ipad kid and play if you're leia it's opportunities <laughs> to grow into a, a young stateswoman uh, but yeah. it's all because of Obi-Wan. obi-wan being obi-wan is not something to be ashamed of and once yeah. he realizes that he's able to tap in and yeah. take vader to school
0: yeah the... hey. sorry go ahead no go ahead
1: okay um the whole show is a tug of war That eventually gets emphatically won by everything that you just mentioned again, Alden, it's a tug of war between his identity being one of shame and failure versus rediscover, you know, he's thinking about Luke, he's thinking about Leia, especially the adventures that he goes on with Leia, the time that he spends with the conversations he has him discovering a new purpose for getting up off his butt getting out of the desert going doing what he has to do to help other people to where the strength of his identity now is again the strength of purpose of having to help other people and wanting to make the galaxy better and wanting to do what wanting to do what he must as he says rather than just having his identity be one of failure and we see like you said in that moment when he's under the rocks but that's He's reminding himself. He's reminding himself of that new kind, of the new resolve that he has, which is cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Based on Olin's thing about, oh, mostly about Leia with the adventure he's gone on with her. Um, it's, it's even more funny now that we have that short story and from a certain point of view, one, which I which is such a great one where Obi-Wan's spirit comes to Yoda and is like, okay, so I got, I got Skywalker on this path gonna go to you uh you're gonna train him and Yoda's like, great I can't wait to train her and Obi Wan's like, no it's the boy and goes like, what the hell are you talking about? Um and it makes it even funnier now because from the little time Obi-Wan knew both Leia and Luke, who looked like oh, a, a better yeah. prospect for a Jedi than Ben. It's, it's not even Leia. Close. And he still chose Luke anyway.
2: I wonder if he and that's a bigger conversation. I don't want to sidetrack us too much, but I I wonder if he chooses Luke because Leia, if he had the pick of the twins at 19 years old, would he still have done it? Or is it the fact that what happened on the Tanavi happens and Luke is a hop, skip, and a jump away? Yeah. I do wonder if the Tanavi 4 had landed on Tatooine and he was able to be like, all right, both of you guys, let's go. Who would he have Very
0: yeah, that's a good point. It's because kind of the convenience factor of that. But yeah, it just makes it even funnier that Luke is, of course, and, and that Luke is the one that um, that becomes this great Jedi Master. Of course, I'm not dissing on Luke, but Leia has proved herself um, yeah. to be the better candidate for a Jedi Master. Uh, she doesn't
2: have much of a role in, in this episode in terms of plot. Obviously, her spirit hangs all over the episode, but she's, you know, uh, Haja and Roken are going to get her to safety and haja off screen brings her back to alderaan but the fact that she sent lola with obi-wan um i forgot about that
0: detail and i remember and then i saw it again i'm like oh she wasn't joking
2: she cares on such a deeply she's so emotionally intuitive in a way that luke's not by design yeah uh, that she is able to say this is my best friend has been my best friend. The show shows you how attached she is to Lola, but it's her basically saying through Lola, you need all the the emotional support you can get more than I do. And and she's 10. She's 10 years old.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How how old are you? Um,
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly.
0: I will say uh, we should, uh, we should be enjoying our sleep time with Lola now because thanks to a certain book by Beth Rivas. We now know that Lola is space dust.
1: Rip, deeply
2: upsetting, honestly.
0: Uh, Lola was on Alderaan when it got blown up by the Death Star, as confirmed in *Princess and the Scoundrel*. I think actually Alden, you were the one who first noted that to me, and I was yeah, like,
2: I was, oh. I, I, I was irate and I was forlorn. There was I was all the negative adjectives when I found this out because it means so much and the fact that even before he has the moment of what I call Obi-Wan's Sp- come on Spider-Man moment of being trapped under the rocks and everything, but the idea that, that they are there no matter what in their small ways, in their ability to give without realizing that they're giving us the power of yeah. children in Star Wars. It makes me think a lot of, jake lloyd anakin and qui-gon of he was giving qui-gon reassurance in that movie just by asking good questions and by reaffirming what a jedi should be when qui-gon was out in the i was gonna say in the woods but he's in the sandstorm and he's but this kid gave him a little bit of a push and that happens in some some really cool it's not dissimilar even to grogu of like how grogu is the natural conscience of the adults around him in a lot of ways
0: it's the mythic power I know George specifically really liked that, the mythic power of children. The mm-hmm. wisdom of children being untouched by the world. Of their innocence being a real asset into a galaxy where quite a few people were way too cynical. I'm thinking of an example of that's gonna come into um that's gonna come into Star Wars that's at the time of this recording we have not seen this. But at the time of the posting we will have seen it. Let's be real. I'm excited for Hunter and Crosshair and Echo and Hemlock as much as the next guy.
1: And Hemlock, who's excited for Hemlock?
0: I, I'm just like excited. Dude, because he's public
1: like, enemy number one, man. He's a menace. I'm sta-
0: I, I'm, I'm just saying because I because because of how despicably evil he is. Because sure. I, I Dude, uh, But let's no one real. else. Go ahead. Go ahead. But let's be real. Who are we all going into this season to know the fate of? It's It's Omega.
1: It's true. It's Omega. That's who the people want. That's (laughs) why the people
0: want to see more Omega. And it's because it's because Star Wars has always and always will, I hope, place a huge emphasis on the children on the next generation. Um Mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah, Omega, Grogu, Leia here. I remember I remember there was some there were some complaints. Midway through Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, around part two, part three, when it was coming out, mm-hmm. um, from some people, that it looked a little too much like The Mandalorian with the wizened mm-hmm. warrior and young kid. And yeah. I know that actually, I believe that there was something like I think it was actually originally going to be more like that. um
2: Yeah, if, if you, yeah. when you start putting two and two together and collecting yeah. what we know about the film version of this and original yeah. draft it was going to be Luke instead of Leia which is one of the greatest decisions to switch them, honestly, one oh, of the yeah. greatest decisions. Um, and, and not down. that there's not a version I'm sure I would have loved with this talent, uh, this team, but I just can't imagine reconciling Mark Hamill set in 1977, Luke with someone who had already had an adventure. It just does not. Yeah. Leia you buy yeah. has Le- had Le- adventures. Yeah. Like works. The- and,
0: but Luke, when you, when he's talking about old Ben who lives across the East, say that's not, that one guy who yeah. i had an yeah. adventure with yeah. 10 years
2: ago That's, i see him once a month when i'm buying
1: jogans yes. <laughs>
0: even yeah.
1: luke's one experience his one moment when he's running he runs away from the inquisitor and she catches him even that i have a hard time squaring with yeah. a new hope 19 year old gamer bro Luke. even that is a tough
2: chow, for me. deborah chow and this team and the stunt coordinator and they are so <laughs> careful to make sure that little Grant is it Grant McFeely that plays him? I believe it's Grant, Grant Feely, or, yeah. Grant Feely. That yeah. Grant Feely never actually lays eye contact on her or the red blade. He is yeah. always oh. just out of frame. Yeah, that, that like, is
1: like that, when that Beru, is pretty good, yeah.
2: When Baru comes to smack Riva when after Owen gets yeeted off the thing, and he's oh, she's coming. Luke is already torso out of the little yeah. ladder escape. Oh, they are so good. clever with it. That's um, because really of good. that reason. But
0: Luke would have heard, might have heard the sound, but there were any number of things that sound could have yeah, been. We don't know what that
2: it, is. Yeah. Not on a farm. It, it's, a, yeah.
0: it, it's great. That's one of the things. That is actually one of the things I'm glad they preserved because there is that sense of like, mm-hmm. this is one of the things I love the most about A New Hope in the beginning of that, which yep. is that it really, because at the beginning, of course, it's the beginning of Star Wars anything. Mm-hmm. So we are as in the dark about the galaxy as Luke is. Mm-hmm. so it feels like our sense of the galaxy because it very much is is opening up as Luke's is and it Absolutely. feels like this fantastical journey and yeah. that none of that spoiled for luke here is so great
2: and then on the flip as many of us all three of us and many of our friends and all of star wars fandom have pointed out not only does it make more sense that Leia has been on adventures it's enhancing things like ben kenobi her reaction yeah. there it's enhancing why she named her son ben which i never questioned i always accepted that on its face value of obi-wan brought them together and she met her husband because of obi-wan basically yeah. but now there's so much more to yeah. it and
0: oh. now it's now she's naming her son after the childhood yeah. hero her that, protector uh, her friend yeah yeah that, he, that she hopes he'll become uh, which makes someone he's he- trilogy Someone Even more tragic she, in retrospect.
2: Yes, yeah, someone that she thought for a second could be her father. That's one of my favorite moments of this whole show. And, and that, and he says, I, "I wish I could say I was." Like it's yeah. so. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna start crying. I'm gonna start crying on any it, 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 Like it's it's it, it, <laughs>
0: it's so. I what I love about that specifically, and this, and this is an arc that I kind of put together, and this, the it's only crystallizing in my mind right now, really, which is I just. I love the fact that if that when we begin in part one, Obi-Wan is really only caring about Luke in his potential. Is he okay? No, you don't wanna ask. You don't wanna know that, Obi-Wan. No one says to him. You wanna know if he's showing. Mm-hmm. And no one's mm-hmm. right. But yeah. Leia is so impossible to not fall in love with that through obi-wan seeing leia's tenacity and strength and all of the great qualities he then re- remembers to himself these are not just the last hopes they're also people yeah um yes it, and it's it, and the people are not the last hopes of the galaxy the people are what gets them out of those rocks
2: yeah, It's, it's memories uh, of her spinning around saying, make me float. It's Luke pretending to be racing. It's like, it's yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Episode one, he's, he, the boy must be trained. This, that, and the other thing. And he's- All those
1: little moments.
2: Yeah, but now he's like, oh, they need to become the individuals that could fight this fight, if that even is their destiny. Because so much of the Dark Times period of Star Wars is about- heroes deciding maybe this isn't for me to decide or much like obi-wan here or cal kestis at the end of fallen order it's not up to us to drag these kids into the battle it's it'll leave it to the force or even han in his very han way of not joining emphasis not this time kid that that energy of things are in motion in ways that not any of these individual characters can can Really put a finger on, and Leia too. I, I don't know how much Eli in your plan for the episode you wanted to go linear. So if I'm throwing you off too much, let me know. But because she's not in as much, like first of all, Vivian Lyra Blair has more talent at what is she twelve now at, than I have at almost thirty. She is
0: by it is far. Incredible. She is
2: astounding, and her emotional maturity at the end that she imbues into the character when she in her very little lay away tells obi-wan and i'm again, i'm paraphrasing it's just the emotion behind it tells him i don't need to know more than what you're telling me she's appreciative for what he tells her and he says mm-hmm. that's all i wish i could tell you more but she's it's okay she looks off she looks off at her parents because she's like i know i'm lucky i've got yeah. them i've got you i've got lola i've got i have all i have this chance to make this job into what I want it to be. Like she tells bail, we'll change it together. That moment of the two of them, she has all of these things happening. And in her own little 10 year old girl way is also saying, I'm going to let certain things ride. She could have grabbed onto Obi-Wan and said, I'm not letting you leave until you tell me of the truth, which is maybe what Luke would have done. Maybe that's already in him. I don't know. We haven't really seen the 10 year old Luke, but all. Ezra definitely would have been like, you need to tell me, especially oh, yeah. young Ezra. But Leia has that forethought to be like, it's all right, and it's going to be all right. And everyone in this gets their chance to have that it will be all right. Roken doesn't have a lot to do in the plot of this final one, but his big scene is... I'm going to keep the fight going. And got Obi-Wan giving that push.
0: That's yeah. where I wanted to go next very briefly is with the hmm. broken stuff, which is um, pe- uh, where Obi-Wan said, people follow you, broken. Don't stop. Hmm. And he says, I'm just getting started. Um, and he,
2: and he said, said, I'll be in Jedi Survivor. No, he <laughs> wouldn't be. He would not be. Even though, even though I held out hope, he was not.
0: I was going to say, and if that is not the backdoor pilotiest thing I've ever heard, like, yeah, come on, Disney. Come on, Rogan, God. Reva, put her in there with the path. We need a path miniseries or something, some story yeah. there. I was hoping, like all and I was hoping Rogan was gonna be a survivor. I was actually originally hoping Rogan was gonna be an Andor, uh, but mm-hmm. apparently Rogan is better than, so we can't have that. Uh, but, yeah, come on. I'm sure osay Jackson Jr. wants to do more of this. Just based on his Twitter, I'm almost certain he <laughs> wants to do more of this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let, let's 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 keep this ball rolling.
2: And maybe Kumail, yeah. maybe Haja yes, said, "You know what? Yes, I kind of like this." Maybe he becomes Rokin's number two guy or something. He steps up to his greater potential, and, and Rokin steps up, and Bale steps up, and we'll get to Reva when we get to Riva, because that warrants a whole conversation. But it's these little pieces that we've gotten across stories of Cal's cell and the ghost crew and the partisans and the cloud riders and now the path have a unique they've done a great job of making these all have unique energies it never feels like like at the end of fallen order my worry was that sequels to that game would just feel like the less fun star wars rebels and then Mm. survivors said nope we're going this way and it was so much different in tone. so they've they've gotten me every time on these
1: heroes. I really enjoyed what the story did with, with both Rokin and Haja. And I would love to see, I would love to see more of them. I think for Haja, especially, I think Kumil Najiani did a fantastic job. I think that, yeah, at first I was like, wow, what is this guy doing in this episode when he first came in? I was like, this is, this feels hokey. I'm not sure about this, but he had just enough earnest to desire to get better. And that still, sh- that, that ended up shining through. Oh, and then we have this amazing moment where he acknowledges his own background to Obi-Wan and says, I'm not sure the word of swindling fake Jedi means much to you. Obi-Wan just says, dude, don't like, it's enough. Don't worry about it. I know why you're, I know why you're here. The proof is in the pudding. And so I really hope we'll see a, more of him. Um, roken as well. I wonder wh- what you guys think about his his time and his little arc in this show but he starts out more reluctant and you know, we're not soldiers but i think he you know maybe he's imbued maybe he's galvanized by what he sees mm. from obi-wan what he sees from leia what he sees from everyone that the path is protecting and what do you guys think about Roken? i think he's a pretty interesting i think he realizes in this puzzle
0: i think he realizes that like, i felt like the path very much up to part three was basically like we'll operate undercover as much as we can but our day to fight the Empire is not here yet. Mm -hmm. And parts four and five especially are Roken realizing that you don't get to choose the day. The day chooses you. Mm -hmm. Um, That it doesn't matter how ready you think you are. You have to be ready to fight the big fight. If you really are committed to doing this, you have to be ready. And um, I think Roken was just more like I think there was a lot of people who were saying, oh, he doesn't want to do this or is scared. I think Roken just um, at the beginning of part four is very much like a, he doesn't think his organization is ready for this. And yeah. look, they lose Wade. They lose a whole shit ton of people on Jabin. They're probably going to lose a lot more people. But that is worth the noble work they're doing. That is worth yeah, and it's, the... Yeah. Yeah.
2: On the personal level, too, we know we don't know the specifics of if Roken's wife was a Jedi, but we know she was a Force sensitive who was taken out by either the Inquisitors directly or the Empire overall. And to see him go from that loss, and like you said, I'll operate in the shadows and I'll help, but it's helping out of grief versus turning that grief into hope for tomorrow. I think it, to see. Not just Obi-Wan, a force sensitive that they couldn't take, not giving up, but also to see that funny moment in five with Leia. Listen to her. That gave him hope, I think, for the future. So for him to be like, now in the finale, I'm just getting started. Is always a There's always time to restart. There's always yeah. like, yeah, the day chooses you. And I love that you said that, Eli. It's a great quote. You don't get to <laughs> yeah. choose the day. And that's something that you could hear someone like Hera saying that you don't get to choose the day, Um, but you can choose how you meet it. And Roken decided not to meet it in a begrudging way to take it on with some confidence, some swagger and some belief. And that really sets the tone for the rest of the episode. And I think Obi-Wan is reminded of better days by hanging around these characters. Yeah. He's reminded of how he will be able to tap, tap into the better angels. I tweeted this, and this is the thing that Kumail noticed and shared: that um interacting with these guys, particularly Haja, is what you know. That's why Obi Wan takes Han with such yeah, whatever, pal, because yeah. he he knows yeah. these guys. He can see yeah. your better instinct. He knows he knows Han is a good yeah.
1: choice. He
2: yeah. thinks he's, he, cool he's of seen, shit, he's but he knows. Han before. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's I think seen it's.
1: It's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful message with Haja and with with Rogan and what we know of what he went through before the story unfolds, and Obi-Wan as well. And as with so many different people and stories in the Rebellion, it's a testament to the human ability to rise to the occasion. Obi-Wan, whether he thinks he can or he thinks he can't, and he really thinks that he can't, he ultimately, when the moment calls for it, he has it in him to, to do what must be done because he sees that he see he knows others are relying on him, and that that's what makes him. That's why he can do incredible things. That's why he can move those rocks. Same with Haja making those choices. Same with Rogan making the choices he makes. Same with everyone in the rebellion. Like, that's what allows you to move mountains. Is having having that something that you have to push for. I think it's I think it's beautiful the way that they the way that they portrayed that. With so many different people dealing with their own doubts and their foibles and you know whatever pain and everything that they carry being able to put that into saying this is who i am in the face of in the face of a calling that i need to answer
0: i think we should get to the heart of the episode i think something that like again all already referenced it in his in uh, his build-up, talk about the build-up to this episode. I think we should talk about the rematch of the century, as Kathleen Kennedy called it. This duel, Obi-Wan, of course, lands, um, as we mentioned earlier, with Lola, which is just a, such a nice touch that Leia gave Lola to him uh, to give him courage. Later uh, comes down onto that rocky moon, which, again, I will reiterate, I love the fact that it's unnamed. It has rocks, And you can breathe on it. That's all I need to know. The planet name and lore and stuff like that does not matter for this fight. It's literally just a blank background for them to do that.
2: A blank background for them to have. And Maybe you'll disagree, one one or both of you. Maybe your listeners will disagree. I'm going to say it. Better than Mustafar. Better than New Hope. This is the duel for both of these men. I think when you look at the careers, this is the number one duel for Anakin. This is the number one duel for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Kathleen Kennedy said that, and I was like, all right, yeah, we'll see. Like in a, if they even literally fight, because there was a lot of that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. From yeah. moment so, one. It's incredible.
0: So so let's check with our judges on that one. Judge, what do you think? And the judges say, yep. That's correct. That's the best duel between Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader. Yep, I agree. It's true. Um, I one hundred percent agree. Not because Mustafar or the Death Star is bad in any nope. way.
2: know um,
0: but is this is the best live action Star Wars lightsaber duel I think we've gotten in the Disney era, period. Um, I would agree a, with that. A as close much as I... close. Sorry, go ahead. close to go ahead. Sorry,
1: as much as I love. As much as I love Mustafar and hearing you say that out loud sounds kind of sacrilegious. I watched this today and I have to agree. I think Deborah Chow, everyone involved, they do such a good job of just bringing, you know, letting that slow-ish buildup kind of ride out before the duel actually starts just bringing, letting the audience ruminate on everything that's happened between these two men. Yeah. And it's, it reaches this kind of crazy emotional fever pitch this boiling point and we see that when for example in the camera work a lot of these shaky very motion heavy shots the way that it's framed we're not really getting the same kind of even clean looks at a lot of the action that we are in the other two duels that we just mentioned it's so chaotic that it's almost more about it's not even about really what's what they're actually doing how they're swinging how they're fighting it's about just them as people as hearts minds souls going mm-hmm. at it and having this moment more so yeah. even than what is physically unfolding
2: absolutely sad and to all of that and vader on a filmmaking level i think this is incredible because this is what vader is with money and technology and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah. This is the yeah. promise. This is the 1977 promise that we that is significantly better in 80 and 83. But this is the here yeah. he is. We catch a glimpse
0: reason. of it in Rogue One, but we this is for real.
2: And uh-huh. you, we've gotten to taste it in games as he's photorealistic, but it's still that's yeah. the animation of him. This, this is yep. it, and and the difference in the emotionality. To your point about, it's rough around the edges. It's I'm gonna break a rock over your head. I'm gonna throw you through this pillar. I'm gonna bury you. It's this yeah. is Obi Wan fighting the, now what he has fully accepted to be new creature that inhabits his friend's body from a certain point of view, of course. Um, but and from definitely Anakin's point of view, Anakin though is fighting to destroy the past. He Anakin is doing what people that don't understand Last Jedi think the theme is, um, but. Obi-Wan is fighting for tomorrow. Whatever that means. He's fighting for the future. It's different than Mustafar. Mustafar is, this thing is out of control. You need to put it down. It is, Mustafar is the lowest point of the Jedi as generals. It is still war. This is for the future. I don't know if either of you have seen Godzilla Minus One, but that becomes a huge part of the third act thematically is, the older guys looking at the younger guys and saying, we leave you the future. This battle, this duel is for Leia and Luke and every other person out there that is going to make it through this era. It happens here.
0: It's a truly like, there's, this duel is I." There are so many great pieces of symbolism in here. I um, It is messy and yet elegant. It is, like, it feels like the, the over-choreographed stuff of the prequels, yet also taking on a new flavor. Um, I just, like, I think this is the first time I noticed it. I, uh, one of my favorite things about Darth Vader in this series is, and I've mentioned this before, Anakin Skywalker being the sassiest bitch in the galaxy. And Jacob, I want you to notice something. Remember yeah. when uh, Vader smashes the ground under Obi Wan, creating that yeah. huge uh, crater? Yeah. So Vader's standing up here, and Obi Wan is standing down here. So you could say that Vader has
1: oh yeah the high ground. He has the high ground. <laughs> I, I mean, mean
0: again, <laughs> only Anakin would. They care. had to like Anakin would care. Only Anakin would. Oh, care. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Because he but already I, had his first thing. Which was yeah. the now you will suffer. Okay.
0: Like, how's that feel? How's that feel? How's he he already how's got it to feels? do
2: fire and brimstone. And now he's going to move on to the other grievance that he's been holding yeah. on to for a day. The, high, the
1: low ground. Yeah. yeah so this so is, he's.
0: This is Anakin's version of Alexander Hamilton yelling, here's an animized list of 30 years of disagreements in Hamilton. It is.
1: It
2: is. And he the, their styles their fighting what they're able to do yeah the storytelling that happens from the first half of the fight to the back half after obi-wan is risen and it's all there in the visuals he you using a little bit of the hayden choreography for you and throwing it around having the behind the back pass and the yeah. flip over and then of course the avatar state moment of every <laughs> boulder at once is yeah do hey, you guys remember seeing that
0: for the first time
2: i was i it was i, it
0: I chilled.
1: Is, it was, a it was the moment.
0: great. It's one of the greatest payoffs in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. All yeah. five episodes, five and a half, if you want to count like the episode leading up to this. We're building up to. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to make this joke. I'm going to make the joke. Um, it. We're building up to that moment, and that shit is so cathartic. Seeing him just pelt those boulders at him. That shit rocks. Um,
2: uh, one might even so say so that so shit blah, blah. geodes. Uh, it it's, it really is like, and the thing I love about it is that yes, it's badass. Yes, it is wish fulfillment. Yes, it's super heroic. Yes, it's wizardry that we haven't really gotten to see in this era because Ray is pretty new at this, and Luke was yeah. doing a nonviolent approach. We have not had yet the story that present. I'm sure we'll get a lot in Acolyte, but we have not yet had the story up until this episode that necessitates a Jedi whipping ass and yeah but what i true. love though is that it's also the poetry it's also because per- a lot of the times we and especially in legends we would lose track of why we started yeah. to have our heroes be superheroes because we could you know the ian malcolm thing instead of asking why you should and it, it, obi-wan here is able to ascend literally out of the rocks but then use this technique and all these things Throwing the earth at him, being one with his surroundings. Yeah, the rocks aren't yeah. sentient unless they are. It's a Star Wars, after all. Who knows? There is a <laughs> yeah. mountain that has feelings. Maybe, he's, he's, whatever it is, his surroundings, and it comes yeah. from balance. He was Inside. able to do that yeah. just yeah. by thinking about goodness, just by thinking about some hope. kids and some good times and hope. Whereas Vader could do that too, but look at what it takes out of him. Yeah. Look at yeah. to achieve badass feats that way you pay a price every single time to yeah, achieve I, badass feats this way you really just have to love and be yeah. loved
0: yeah and believe in yourself and all that kind of stuff yeah as uh, jacob loves pointing out to me um to achieve the badass feat at the end of rogue one they technically had to choke himself for a short amount of time
1: <laughs> yeah he Wait, was hold on explain this to me he turned the off his
0: respirators not like oh out. oh yeah, yeah. oh
2: so he no, turned
1: everything yeah. off so he could have that badass moment he, and he could was like rip... he was in space he was technically he must have been himself. rippling his cape with the force and a yon vader's now, a you know what's queen. funny what's um, funny though that is that yeah.
2: i love it for the drama queen and i love it for the joke of he's choking himself but yeah. what i especially love guys is that if the three of us were at a pablo hidalgo q a or something and we asked him about it I, you know, that man could spin a yard. Like, I can hear it in my head. It's probably like, like yeah, stealth
1: uh, mode. That
2: or like Anakin did that intentionally to inflict pain upon himself, to give himself a rage
1: buff, like in the- Oh my god, like, dude, no. we wouldn't say that <laughs> shit. Oh my god.
2: By doing that, he briefly felt like he was close to death, and that sent him forward
1: down the hallway. Like Damn. We love yeah. you, Pablo.
0: Pablo's so good at his job. Pablo is, yeah. is. is incredibly good at in this Another
1: thing uh, that I want to bring attention to, I did talk about how <laughs> the going off of what we were just discussing, part of what made this fight remarkable is actually seeing obi-wan physically stand up to darth vader withstand everything that gets thrown at him literally and actually come out victorious there's so much context in this fight everything that we've seen obi-wan go through, everything that Anakin, the suffering that he's gone through the humiliation the hopelessness the defeats that the jedi all the narratives about jedi and sith and power and violence and you know, the sense that the jedi just don't have you know we see it again and again in prequels and everything as Jedi are falling, that whatever the reason may be, they don't have what it takes to execute. They don't have, not literally, they don't have what it takes to seal the deal ever and do what they need to do to carry the day. And we see that with Mace, when we see that with Yoda in episode three, we see that so many times over and over again. And then to, see, to have this moment for Obi-Wan, he's not just fighting against Vader. It feels to me, like he's fighting against the weight of history with those rocks, and he's like, "No, I'm going to do this," and he just pummels Vader into submission. That is it's, that is incredible because we just haven't in, seen that.
0: It's incredibly it's climactic and it's,
1: before on the screen,
0: and, and let like, it all so well. And I think we, I think we need to get to I think my favorite, at least for, for me, the best parts of this duel, which is the exchange that happens. We have the, of course, first. And I understand that we got the strebbles, and I simply don't care. Splits do the not, I
2: do not care at all. And as many people pointed out, it's the other side.
0: Yeah, I, I put that in my notes, too. I was going to mention if you hadn't. Yeah, it's the other which side. becomes Asoka's a really
2: nice... App. Yeah. we and Snips are able to, together, bring his face out. Which is very yeah. intentional. But, or otherwise. A lot of people like to be like, You really think they intended that? And to them, I uh, say, I... I, I don't give to quote the great William Friedkin director of the Exorcist and many other great films I don't give a flying fuck out of a rolling donut that is an exact
0: quote (laughs) that is fantastic no I don't care just the idea that yeah Ahsoka was able to partly reach to reach one part of Vader of Anakin and Vader Obi-Wan was able to reach another Oh, who was able to reach the whole thing it was only his kin it was only Luke
2: only his book. I was about to do a Dark Knight Rises impression. A I'm mad boy. It really was. Yeah. like he, Because he synthesizes ever, the lessons from these people, and he's the legacy, and it works so beautifully. And I would point out, though, just to roll it back one step, and then we'll get back into the conversation. There's this person that we know named Jared, and he is convinced that Vader, he never puts Vader down. Vader never takes an L in any of this man's content or conversations or whatever. And I have pointed out repeatedly, Obi Wan gets five hits in, and I know it's five because I got the question wrong uh, in something that we did recently. He gets five hits in on the the health that life support box. Boom, boom, boom. He breaks it down. You're telling me that a leapy little frog like Yoda could get out of that box. Get the fuck out of here. But anyway, I re- uh, went-
0: just one more thing to say. Uh, let's see. I, how do I say this best? I'm trying to think of how to say this best. Yeah, okay. Jared's stupid, and Yoda would beat Vader 100% of the time. No, I'm joking. Not 100%. Three out of four. I'm still going to maintain. Three out of four. Three out of four. Yoda beats Uh, Vader.
2: I will say, though, on a real note, that watching that choreography the first time, the second that he started hammering the box, I was losing my mind. (laughs) I felt like I was watching it, a, like a fight night. I was like, oh my god. Like
0: It, it is actually, I, now you remind me, it does feel like the most wrestling thing we've ever gotten in Star Wars.
2: It's very, um, and he's going to end it. And that actually transitions into some of what I wanted to say yeah. about this. Like, there are people on the internet and you can just piece that out. There are people on the internet. There are people on the internet that- We live in a society. We live in a society. And these there are people that are- If he was just going to tell Luke to defeat him in the OT, then why? Didn't he
0: just kill them?
2: No. You people are fundamentally missing the point. He breaks down the box and does a slash across the helmet and then stands there. He does not keep hacking away because the point is not to kill him. Although I'm sure if Vader charged him, he'd put him down. If he charged him, yeah. but he knows he's once he sees the wheezing and the limping, it's yeah. okay. And, I can stand and over he here. Sees
0: the physical form of Anakin, the even physical if form he thinks, even if he thinks emotionally Anakin's gone, he cannot kill yeah. this man. He that's sees the arc he goes on.
1: But he's he's, he's literally trying That's the arc he goes to, on
0: this yeah. episode, which is yeah. the beginning. He says to himself, and he's trying to talk to Qui-Gon, <clears throat> either way, one of us dies here. And then as he stands mm-hmm. there, he realizes, no, it doesn't have to be like that.
2: And what he realizes is not it's not and it's not to him that this guy doesn't need to die, but it's not for me to kill him. I already contributed to putting him in that form. Yeah, I've already done damage. Somebody has to walk away from the cycle of violence between these two men. They will do this dance forever. And someone needs to say, you know what? Your day's coming. It's just not me. It's just yeah. not me, and that's important. It's important to him. It's important to Luke. It's important for Anakin. It's important for Leia. It's important for Qui Gon. I'm sure it's. I can't be the one, and it's not to. It's not Obi Wan knows. It's not his place to pass judgment. It's the Gandalf Frodo thing. Don't be so quick to deal out these judgment of who lives and who dies. I'm paraphrasing yeah. Tolkien heads. Do not jump on yeah. me. But it's like just that idea of it, I, I, I'm going to call you Darth, and I and I'm accepting. You can tell he's internalizing in that moment. Not only is it a clever, he clearly thought his name was Darth and New Hope, but he we'll is that. internalizing the split of them that he will then pass down in his story slash lie to Luke. He is yeah. Cre- He is creating the mythology that will help him sleep at night in this moment from a good place. Could he maybe have done better in the OT? Yes, but that's part of the point of getting old. We can always do better. Like, yeah, maybe don't do the, the story that you did, but you worked with what you had. He yeah. just couldn't like he's known this. He shook this. It's, he shook his hand as a nine-year-old. Yeah, he shook his hand. Yeah. It's that same guy. And and on the flip, what Anakin. Anakin's doing here, what Anakin's doing here is not only just straight up satanic and its imagery and with the saber yeah. lighting and all that, but Anakin is from a place of pain he needs he has a need to claim what he has become as his own creation because if he doesn't yeah. he might crumble and he even still kind of yeah. crumbles yeah. he falls yeah. to his knees and be one. and then on the throne yeah. after with Shiv, he's seething so imagine how oh, bad he- it would have yeah. been if he did allow himself to feel he can't stand there and roll a tear like he did on mustafar or after the separatists were butchered he can't scream and share even wrathful feelings like he did about after he choked out padme he yeah. needs to say out loud i did this because if he doesn't then he can't be the devil
0: yeah and it's and of course this is as you we were saying earlier all in olden- it's about bearing the past Pervader. Vader. It's about, um, uh, I'm going to go to those three lines. We'll go to the first two first, which is, um, which we have, Anakin is gone. I am what remains. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Anakin, for all of it. And then, I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Mm-hmm. What I love about this is that Obi-Wan is giving the, vader as many outs as possible to show some shred of Anakin again he's giving him so many outs and anakin refuses every single one of them Mm -hmm. categorically just spits in the face of all of them because if Um, he doesn't
2: put the onus on himself if he doesn't take ownership of it then that forever links him to his brother slash father of the past
0: And there's also like i feel like there is a a part of anakin there's always a i feel like there's always a part of Anakin, a small 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 part that kind of knows what he's doing is wrong um and like there's a there is a like i'm not saying he doesn't hate obi-wan i think he does but i think there is a small part of anakin being like no master i screwed up you don't have to put this on yourself Um, and that's of course what it does to obi-wan it absolves him in a sense of you didn't kill anakin skywalker i did of course we have a young Jedi named Darth Vader, a pupil of mine before he turned to evil, uh, betrayed and murdered your father. Of course, putting the lie from New Hope into this context of, it was not just a lie that Obi-Wan made up. It was the lie that Vader told him, that Anakin told him, and he mm-hmm. told himself to yeah. not feel, to stop feeling the, crumb, the crushing feeling that he had felt ever since Mustafar that mm-hmm. he had failed the chosen one.
2: Ironically, the last act until their force ghosts, the last act in corporeal form of sky guy and Kenobi was creating the mythology that they would tell Luke what they didn't mean to do it together. Yeah. But Anakin gives the only thing he can give in this monstrous form as Vader. All he can give is this lie and this pain and Obi-Wan can only internalize it. He's pitying a pit bull that has only been trained to fight and hurt. And all he can do is look at it and say goodbye. And he, but he takes a piece of it and gives it to his son. He perpetuates this lie. I would be, I don't know what writer I would want to do. That. Maybe the writers of this show, maybe uh, somebody like a Charles soul or a Claudia gray, one of the big hitters. I would love For the conversation between Obi Wan, Qui Gon, and Yoda, after this of like, and what did he say? And what did you say? And what are we gonna say when people ask?
0: No, that 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 will play when if if we talk go to talking about a season two of Obi Wan Kenobi, which I do want. That will play much into what I would want for a season two of Obi Wan Kenobi, but. I wanna get to the sad the most impactful two words of this episode. The words in this episode that broke me. Goodbye, duh. It was a it was a quote unquote retcon, and I mean that in only the loosest of sense, that I never know I needed until it happened. Of course, as you mentioned before, Alden Lucas hadn't figured out the naming convention of the Sith in a New Hope and that's why he calls him Darth. But this And that meta- wasn't Anakin. Sure. His name yeah. was Darth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but why do i call him Darth instead of Vader?
2: No, uh, totally. But I just mean that yeah. with the context yeah. of Luke's father and Darth Vader were two separate characters when that was made, that means that this guy's literal first name was Darth and his literal Darth. last yeah. name was Vader.
0: The
1: implication got it yeah. so
0: but anyway this is it is as this cudgel it is obi-wan as i my notes. obi-wan choosing the only part of anakin's identity that seems to matter anymore is mm. allegiance to the sith and the empire he will not say vader anakin embrace that name over time he says the one that all sith have whether they want to or not yeah The name Anakin is, once again, enslaved to.
2: Damn. Yeah, that's powerful.
0: It's, it's, holy shit. And he's
2: saying, you're a cog.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: In doing that, by leveling them all, he's saying, in so many words, in fact, in just two words, you are the Emperor, you're Dooku, you're Asajj, you're Maul. You're Maul. You're all of these people, many of whom you and I and Snips and everybody lock yeah. swords with. You're just one of them, and he's an Aryan where, boy. Yeah. You're, whereas you're,
0: you're you're one of them, and remember how well Maul did? Remember how well Dooku did? I'm sure you remember. You cut off his head.
2: Hold on, no, but right. Remember, not right now. Maul is that I got one more left in me. He's that meme right now. Obi Wan doesn't know it. Uh,
0: no. Yeah. I was talking about two minutes. Yeah. 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 But no.
2: But yeah. For and within the context of (laughs) within the context of their lineage too, uh, having both Darth Vader and Darth Tyrannis within the same as they call it disaster lineage, it's like, man, what are we just gonna? Every other one of us is gonna be dark now. You're not special, man. Like this, this (laughs) just (laughs) (laughs) you maybe were. And also, let us not forget characters, and this is something that nerds but particularly star wars fans have a hard time with so i'm gonna say this and this does not reflect the tone that i'm about to take does not reflect in a galaxy this is me sassing you not eli and Jacob. <laughs> all right the characters in stories do not know that they're in a story what the genre of the story is or what you know about the backwards and forwards nature of the story and it's details therein nice. obi-wan I'm gonna kenobi interject, by the way i'm
0: please. gonna interject by the way to correct the statement this does reflect the views of in a galaxy <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Yeah, but they like, might have uh, said it nicer they might have said it nicer him. than i, I can did. co-sign this i can co-sign this i want to media literacy rant in the first exactly. episode so I, I have nothing to stand on
2: exactly media literacy is so important and what happens here if you're just watching obi-wan kenobi maybe you just watch live action or maybe you're just trying it out you might not know this so i will give some grace but for those of you nerds that know it all like we do, this is the show where they watch all the Star Wars they can get their hands on. It's in the name. The fact that whether it's – whether what because people – oh, but George said that Anakin was – I know what George said. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the piece of writing, the fictional man, thinks Luke is the chosen one, not Anakin.
0: Oh, yeah. You're wrong,
2: but that's what he thinks. And you have to imagine, that's part of the beauty of this and Rebels working together. You have to imagine this day on this unnamed moon is when that thought starts to form. Yeah. yeah, Yeah.
0: it's It's Because on
2: Mustafar, he's screaming you were the chosen one, very famously. Yeah. And then Luke at the end of this episode has like, you got any games on your phone moment when they finally meet. And you got to (laughs) wonder, that smile, that hello there. You got to wonder if he wrote off on the EOP, met Qui-Gon, and then said, what do you think of? What if it's that kid? What if yeah. it's the son?
0: What if he's the chosen one?
2: Because it can't be this. Um, it can't be can't this die. demon, hell spawn cyborg.
0: And I just thought of this, because of course the the idea of the chosen one is is the most is infamously on not only destroy the Sith, bring balance to the Force, but born of no father. Vader was never obviously able to be a father for Luke. So yeah. I can see Obi-Wan basically saying, maybe I misinterpreted the no father thing. Maybe I got that part wrong. Maybe that's what this meant. Um, it's
2: for- all, that's what I love about prophecy. It's just a quick aside. In, in the Game of Thrones world, in the Song of Ice and Fire, in the books, there's what's called the Valancar prophecy, which talks about how the, the younger brother will kill the blah, blah, blah. I forget the exact yeah. wording, but people always as- ascribe it to Tyrion but there is a set of twins, Jamie and Cersei, where, like all twins, one is technically older. So it's like, I love all of the fallibility of prophecy. Yoda even says, man, I read it wrong. And so it does, did the literal, we don't even know what language it comes from. Maybe they say it in Master and Apprentice, But the translation is born of no father, sure. But maybe that just means raised by no father. Yeah. I don't know. He was raised by an uncle and an aunt. And it's not like they lied to him. They didn't say we're well, your yeah. mom and dad.
0: Yeah, 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 no, it's it's a uh, Obi Wan shifting to see Luke as the chosen one, um, and actually, that's the other thing is that's the other thing I love about this finale so much is that Obi Wan is more enlightened than he was in at the beginning of the show, at the end of or end of the Sith. But he still does, he still gets a few crucial things wrong. He still like. You will still, like, the whole thing about the lie with Luke in the original trilogy, the whole thing about doubting that Anakin was the chosen one even though he does destroy the Sith and blah, blah, blah. Um, Obi-Wan is better, but he's not perfect. Um, um, and uh, that's... And uh, nor that's, should he be, I,
2: because you, you know, still need something for Luke to grow on.
0: You yeah, still need, He
2: needs to be here so Luke can be here. And, and they it, handle it so beautifully. It still feels like a victory.
0: It does, because it is. But it's not like... It is not a complete and total victory. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think, which is why I love to...
2: Qui Gon. You're gonna bring up Qui Gon now, or Reba? Oh
0: no, I was I was gonna go to Dariva. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Going that's the
0: Stalker that's... Reba, as I call her.
2: Yeah, this is not just I think some of the finest acting in Star Wars, or some of the finest acting in fucking television. She is out of this world in this finale. The pain, the sorrow, the heartache. Moses
0: Ingram is a genius, and she like. God, if we never see her as Reva again, I will be so disappointed. She's uh, phenomenal. I, I, this I've is what Angel is waiting before, to do. I've I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think Reva. I think Moses portrays light side, dark side struggle, the best of any person in the Disney era.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. So, I would, like, we see the mask slipping just mm-hmm. a few times, just a little bit, yep. and then it just comes. Everything comes crashing down. We see. Yeah in a few in a few moments we just see her whole worldview, everything that she's yeah. built up for herself just justifying what she's doing trying to for her own survival we just see that all kind of poof go, like, it's just it's, it's remarkable it's the, remarkable the
0: flashes of Hayden's face as, with the Anakin stark deeds moment and flashing back to Reva and realizing and her finally realizing I can't kill this kid mm-hmm this kid is just like all my friends and it's this solidified is-
2: with have i become him and it's no use yeah. it not to and yeah and that's why like when there are people big youtubers that are out there insinuating that this character didn't have a place in the show because she takes away from the you're just wrong It's not a matter of opinion because it's like you the arcs are incomplete if it is not for her you they she think- is the voice yeah She's the voice of the struggle. She comes to the realizations that Vader cannot because she is one of his victims and he can only be absolved in the way we know he will be in Jedi. But she is absolved here by choosing not to strike, which is a very Jedi choice. And Obi-Wan says, you have given them peace.
0: You have Um, honored them.
2: Yeah. That's the gift. This is why I say that this show is truly Star Wars' Christmas story yeah. not the literal Christmas story but if Star Wars has a thing to watch at the holidays it's this because it's not just redemption but who am I spirits of the past spirits of the present spirits of the future she is the living result. this young woman that was forged into the killer she has been for these years because of the failures of the prequel Jedi because she even he says in part five to Obi-Wan when they're talking through that door. This happened to us and he was your student. And so for them to where for were her,
0: you? And, yeah. And I will reiterate again, I was lizarding Reba.
2: I was quite literally I was lizarding. I was jumping around. I was fighting this yeah. coffin, this dude coffin. She's choosing to throw the saber down and Obi-Wan is choosing to say you can be anything now we both can be obi-wan comes to a realization but like all good people in life and art and love and business and any relationship he's not just going to climb the ladder and kick it down he's he puts his hand down and brings someone else up with him and he's not going to be the only winner on that day and he it's a non-violent solution when we all thought that they would clash at some point yeah we all thought there would be a battle and there's not there's just somebody saying i can't and that being somehow the most noble and powerful thing that they can do and so help me god if reva ever turns on that lightsaber again i want it to be a white spinny blade
0: yes (laughs) that would be thank you please i am so look i will say this I am not a somebody. I know there are people in the fandom who have a big problem with this, and I am not one of those people. Um, there are a lot of people who hate the trope of the of characters in Star Wars, especially Four Sense of Characters in Star Wars, being redeemed and then instantly dying afterwards. I am not one of those people. However, I will say. It I'm does start to add to- up
2: exactly I'm, yeah like
0: i'm glad yeah. they chose it for Riva. i'm glad yeah. they chose it for Reva, i'm
2: not saying. one of those people either it never bothers me but i am glad that there now stands a different kind of example
1: there yeah. is yeah this and open-ended thing
0: deserve so, to get i that think it
1: to heal. yeah and i think it complicates the story as well in, in an interesting and challenging way that's really worth pushing further because you don't just have a Vader moment so well, he redeemed himself and now he's dead he, the lot his last act was good now what about everything else that he did he doesn't have to atone for it whereas with Reva this is open ended obviously there's so many there are so many questions where does she go from here obviously how does she make amends with the victims of her violence and with herself how do you live with that and that's something that's as amazing as much as we love Anakin as much as we love Ben Solo, that's something that these people never had to face. And mm-hmm. we might see Riva get to do that, which would be incredible, I think.
2: And it's like it's all of that. And I love all that. But it's also when the order fell and all these people died and the galaxy changed and fascism was not just on the rise, but solidifying its grasp. There's chain codes. Everything's happening in the Bad Batch. It's all of these things and the inquisitorius especially every single one of them falls almost to the to the lowest depths of no humanity with some glimmers this cat like there are some people that have a little bit of a of an interesting relationship with what's going on but nobody that lost it all and went to the dark from that period ever gets a chance especially someone who was a child to put it back together so to know yeah. that one of the children like we all we grew up Not, I'm old none than. of
0: them. Let's be clear. Okay. Reva. We'll see how things go. Fabin Martell. So
2: yeah, yeah, he's dead. No, that guy ain't making it up. But the ability to now watch Revenge of the Sith and see the scene, though, to this day, some people are uncomfortable with. And I get it. I know some people that really have an issue with a family, largely a family film, even though it's dark. Having that Master Skywalker, what are we gonna do? moment with Sores Bandine, one of the greatest Jedi of all time. And i don't mean that as yeah. a joke um the fact that we now know as fans there is a little girl in that temple during the atrocity who will get to put it back together is really cool
0: i'm so excited to see where Riva goes i'm i remember i wrote all i think i'll attach this in the description of this episode i wrote a pitch right after i played jedi survivor for the first time of where i would go with jedi three and Reva was a big part of that. And I think intertwining her story and Cal Kestis story would be a really interesting and fascinating decision. Now, are they going to go that way for Jedi 3? Probably. Almost oh, certainly not. But I do think they're going Reva to
2: go on story. Tantalor confirmed?
0: Reva on Tantalor confirmed. Uh, Dag and Garrett is spinning in his grave right now. That's what's happening. Uh um, one
1: more dude screaming about Tantalor. It's, be
0: it's beautiful. It's, <laughs> yeah, um, but, it was a
1: good game, but no shade. There.
0: Uh, but There's a lot of um, yelling there. Yeah, a lot of yelling my channel. But uh, yeah, no, I'm so excited that, that Riva gets this chance. Um, wrapping up with this episode, getting into the kind of I feel like the epilogue of this episode. Of course, never have I been more thrilled to hear this voice in a Star Wars anything. <laughs> you seem agitated, my friend. Hmm. <laughs> Your
1: okay. Palpatine moment
2: <laughs> I tweeted this I think shortly thereafter there are a lot of it's funny because it's this character moments in terms of funny Palpatine moments this might be the best because you have the person who you spent years corrupting and turning to dark it, magic and fascism <laughs> and hate who you let get burned alive by their best and friend just they just,
0: they just fought this best anger. friend
2: they're sitting in their own anger, and they are doomed to haunt a fortress at the site of yeah. their literal burning. They're
0: burning. And... and what happened to you? see them said?
1: You, <laughs> you yeah. good? How, I'm, you I will you say, good? I will say this time and again, Palpatine's got to be bored as shit to be doing the stuff that he's doing and saying the thing. Like, every time he talks to Vader, it seems like... He's just, come on, come on, amused me, make me laugh. Well, that yeah. was, he's that was poking kind of the bear like, over and it over. Is, again.
0: It was something that uh, Palpatine was, did in Legends that I actually played, which was like basically that Palpatine kind of started the rebellion just because of one of his own, like basically power gains, because he was bored because he didn't realize, again, the, the dog catching the car. You, like, he craves that unlimited power and you don't know what you're going to mm-hmm. do once you get there. And he's, yeah. and after the like, first year solidifying Imperial Rule, he's like, He looked around and goes, "So now what?"
2: Yeah, and it's like there, but there is also the game'smanship that I love too. Is it is that poking him because he's always got to put him in his place and undermine him emotionally and mentally. Yeah, but also he needs his attack dog focused, and if he doesn't call him, if he doesn't touch base, then he knows that there's going to be a Kenobi manhunt that never ends. Yeah, and he's and it's not that he's not concerned. If Obi-Wan showed up on Coruscant or on the still-under-construction Death Star, yeah, Palpatine would, you know, I I believe Palpatine would turn on a lightsaber if he had to because Obi-Wan is a threat. But it's not worth everything that all of Palpatine, Tarkin, Thrawn, Krennic, Partagaz, all of these people that work day in, day out to make sure that this thing that we worked for is running and is and we're squeezing all the right places we cannot let one of the strongest dark magical beings in the galaxy become focused on one thing we just can't
0: yeah we know it, it's a even Palpatine. note that's not a good use of resources um mm-hmm. uh and then we again love seeing in back love seeing Palpatine back i think this might be his last time at, at um uh, Live action Palpatine. Think preparing myself you for that. Think. I'm preparing myself for that to be the case. I want to be proved wrong. But I want to be proven wrong
2: too. Andor season two.
0: Andor season two.
2: <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine the fucking Palpatine
0: being an Andor? Wait, 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 wait! I can already hear it. Why'd they have to put in a cameo?
2: Oh, Maybe right. complaining. <laughs> no, I. Wherever. They... I thank goodness that a bad batch exists because it let us get what I think is honestly probably his best Palpatine performance. Um, I was going to say, you can't say that season.
0: yet either because we well, know he's
2: about to be in season three. He's
0: in season three as well. We're
2: eating so good, man. We got Palpatine and rise. We got him in Kenobi. We got him in bad badge. Dude. Right, like, like, but...
0: I love Sam where I really do. Um, and I'm glad he got to do, to take a spin at Palpatine for, for in season two of rebels. But the best decision Lucasfilm ever made was for rise on gun now we gotta get the real deal.
2: no it's, yeah. yeah if you can get them but yeah all that's great but then on the flip i feel like it's like the vader epilogue is like all this and then diametrically opposed is the ipad luke and owen stuff which is yeah. just
0: well, all first loved. i want to get to the leia epilogue um, when oh sure okay leia yeah line.
2: i know we touched yeah. on it a little bit at the beginning but yeah yeah,
0: yeah. But I just, like, the line that broke me on this part, there are a lot of lines that broke me in this episode, but a few of them, but, but the speech that he gives about her parents is so touching. Mm-hmm. And I loved, because you have to imagine that's his first time really acknowledging Anakin and Padme.
1: Yeah. And being able to decades. say that to Leia as well is probably something that he never thought during Revenge of the Sith, certainly not during the time of the desert, probably not something he ever thought he was going to be able to do.
0: And then a uh, final thing I would just want to say, uh, the quote, of course, is, will I ever see you again? Maybe. Someday. If you ever need help from a tiled, o- tired old man,
1: uh-huh. that no hit hard, man. Friendly. That hit hard.
0: No one must know or could endanger us both. And, like, look, that's just at that smart moment, writing. I'm like, at that moment, I'm like, okay, so In a Galaxy's next, we're gonna be going to a New Hope. Fuck the protocol, fuck everything. <laughs> we're gonna be going to a New Hope to see that hologram, and I, I pull myself back. I'm like, no, we're gonna do Nubs next. We got it. Do really is
2: though. It's some of nubs. the smartest writing that they've done, because for six episodes at this point, or five point nine episodes at this point, people are, you know, they're not sure how they feel about her knowing him, and but it's right there. No one can know it could endanger us both. And Leia grows up on the mission, man. Yeah. She grows up in this and she understands. And we haven't had it yet. There's nothing that contradicts it, but I'm still waiting. I would love even a comic, even a one issue comic, a one shot of right after the Yavin medal ceremony. Maybe Leia finds Luke on his mustard jacket and she's like, hey, I just want you to know I knew him and he was great. And yeah, I know he was proud of you. I'm sure there's a conversation there that's yet to be shared with us, but oh hell yeah. The scene is beautiful. Pretty I I love the they I mean they played this at in Celebration London. Um, every cast member got to choose their favorite, and this was the last one and their favorite scene. And we were bawling. Me, Nikki Kumar, our entire row of people crying our eyes out at this scene with Ewan and Vivian there. And it's like the ability for these writers to just, they found the perfect adjectives verbiage for the Anakin stuff and the Padme stuff. Vivian plays it so perfectly. And then, but still the levity, like when she tells them, I think you should sleep. That felt like a genuine. This is a man that has kids. Like, Ewan has yeah. kids. He has two daughters, one of whom is in this yeah. show.
0: This show, yeah, that's true. And, yeah. Part two, yeah.
2: And it's that laugh that he lets out. Is Obi-Wan, when he laughed like that, I got the feeling he probably hasn't laughed like that since the early Clone Wars, maybe? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, Have we ever cool. seen him
1: yeah. laugh like that ever on screen? Yeah. I Not yeah. that I can yeah. remember. Not that uh, I can remember. Not since
0: the Clone Wars. That yeah, we get to Obi-Wan meeting Luke and look. Is it cheesy? You want to meet him? We all knew it was gonna happen. But I love it. I can't help but love it. Obi Wan finally at the end getting to say hello there one more time. It's great. Like, I love it.
1: I loved it, Let but you. it also felt a tiny bit like getting hit in the face with a frying pan at the same time.
0: I understand. Like as much as that. it was very,
1: it was deeply satisfying. I'm not even gonna it's say cheesy. anything other than that's what it felt like.
0: It's on but the nose. It it's, works. it's on the nose, but it's hello there, and we waited years to see that, and and him giving up Luke the uh, him giving Luke the, the toy was fantastic, and then yeah, he rides up into the desert, and let me tell you, the one thing I was really hoping that Obi Wan Kenobi would not do was, I was like, okay, they gotta show Qui Gon at some point in the show. I hope they don't just save him for the last scene or something like that, and do a cryptic tease or something like that. That'd be <laughs> awful and then they did it and i'm like okay i actually still love that uh. no it was
2: exactly what it needed to be because for me it's about the themes i ranted about this in a 30 second period during the bracket but it really is the thing the point of it being like they could have chosen so many things he could have been the voice that came to him when he was trapped under the rocks maybe i thought yep. maybe that would happen like when he was trapped under there i was like oh qui-gon's gonna be like the you no know, it's gonna be a you can do it moment but, like yeah but it being here and Qui-Gon with that Liam Neeson sort of comedy that clever like I was always there you idiot like underneath it but you just weren't ready to see the fact that I was always there from you get the feeling it's like it's not just in this adventure it's not just the past 10 years it's from the moment I was gone I was with you I was never gone I have been with you from the second I asked you to So yes, from the second I asked you to train the boy, I've been there with you. And what better way to show enlightenment in the battle? Yeah, it lifts all the rocks. But the enlightenment after the battle is you put yourself through the emotional ringer and now look things that you could not see quite literally. And it's It's the people that loved you and the people that loved him. This is a key figure for you and Anakin. And he's here. And it, I can't imagine it any other way now, which is so crazy yeah. because it, it's, I think if you had told us, like you'll get 30 seconds of Qui-Gon and that's yeah. it. I'd be Liam like, Neeson, Yeah. But it I mean, works. Really? Like, really? And, uh, 30
0: seconds. But, but <clears> yeah, but I, I gotta say, and I know that Ewan felt very similar. I think he said this in an interview that he felt very sim- similarly. God, it was so good to see you and Liam at, uh, interacting one more time. It was mm-hmm. running it like, of course, we're, we're getting closer rapidly now to the 25th anniversary of The Phantom Menace, which is a film I dearly love. And at the heart of that film for me is the dynamic between those two. And it's such a joy, even for a short period, to see it again. Um, Liam, as always, remains a goat. And I'm so glad he returned even for a little minute to, to play Qui-Gon again. I'll just end with that last line from Qui-Gon, the last line of the show. Come on, we have a ways to go. And I'll pitch this here. If we get a season two, which I really hope we do, I know that it's not in the near future, Kathleen Kennedy said, I know Ewan wants it. I think it'll happen eventually. Um, but I wanna see that spirit journey so badly. It was teased in Revenge of the Sith. It was teased it was again teased in this. I want to see Obi-Wan, I want to see the process of becoming a Force ghost, and I want to see Obi-Wan himself go through it. Get trippy, get weird, do weird Force shit. Literally have him never leave the fucking planet. Have him never leave Tatooine. Have it all happen in his hut or on other places, in other locations on Tatooine. I, and I put Yoda in there. Like, Yoda, have Yoda commune from Dagobah. I even put, like, a, and this would be interesting to do for a lot of reasons, but honestly... If you want to do it and get really weird, have a, have Obi-Wan reach out with the Force to see if any other surviving Jedi are out there that he would know. And then we cut to a T-6 Jedi shuttle landing on Tatooine and out walks Ahsoka. There's, and there's we see Obi-Wan and Ahsoka interacting for the first time since the Siege of Mandalore. Like, get weird with it. Uh, that would be my hope for a second season. I know that certain people would like to see a certain Tusken Raider Jedi brought into canon and look 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 I love Darth Crate as well I love Ash Ridehead as well man
2: get the fuck out of here my Xanatos pitch for season 2 is truly the greatest Obi-Wan I'm kidding
0: you weren't there for this no I don't think I was there for this
2: Okay, (laughs) I will not do it here because it's going to take a little bit but I'll tell you some other time but I had a revelation i can already see where it's going it was like a 30 minute long pitch of like how we could do the qui-gon spirit journey but also xanatos and fit him into canon blah 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 but look we all know the truth we all know the truth which is that if when season two happens kenobi's gonna be working on our spirit journey and then i still gotta eat he's gonna go into town he's gonna be walking around mos eisley or mos espa He's gonna be looking to buy some food and then all of a sudden he's gonna hear hello, hello, my friend. And then the true greatest
0: if, I was wondering if that's where you were going with that.
2: The true greatest friendship.
0: Please, please all the Star please, Wars. Please, Star Wars, <laughs> give us more Obi-Wan Hondo content. Please. Please, Star Wars.
2: <laughs> and that's my final thought. On Kenobi,
0: yeah. I can't believe all these years so, you managed to survive. I just never doubted you. Uh, so he would
2: lie and be like, I've been looking for you for 10 years. Yeah,
0: <laughs> fantastic love it Uh, yeah Alden uh, I'll pass it to you although actually again it's not I don't think anybody would be surprised but overall thoughts on this episode
2: my overall thoughts are this is not just good it's not just great it's if you have an issue with this for some reason or if this is not for you then I seriously question your taste and I'm not joking I seriously question your taste. As we get further and further away from the show, when people are like, I just wish I had good writing. I just don't think this is for you. And I, again, these are my thoughts, but I really think you should reevaluate this whole Star Wars thing because this is the pinnacle. This to me is, there is a, if there's a rush more of Star Wars episodes, for me personally, it is this trials of the dark saber one yeah. way out and one of the last four ahsokas it's still too fresh for me to pick which one but
0: i was gonna say yeah for me, maybe yeah, far away abs- maybe yeah i was yeah. gonna say that for me the obvious answer is far away but like i love all the ahsokas but like but i will reiterate just by saying yeah this is one of the best star wars episodes to ever star wars episode my God, it's still as poignant. It's still as good. It still has all the appearances I want, and in the right ways. Like I love the stuff from Liam and from Ian, and uh, the resolutions with Leia. Again, this is some of the I think, in my opinion, the best act in Star Wars maybe ever. Ewan, Vivian, Hayden, Moses, O'Shea, Rupert, Joel, Bonnie, Grant, Simone, Jimmy, Ian, Liam. Everyone killed it. Uh, it is a. It's. It adds to the. Should I say it? I wonder if I should say it. Screw it. It adds so much, so many more strings and so many more threads to the tapestry of Star Wars.
1: I know I had my issues with previous episodes of this show. I think I've said what I've said about ways that I thought it could be better, things that maybe I wish that, decisions I'd wish that had been taken differently just in terms of what they choose to focus on in the early episodes. But... Holy shit, this delivers. This is a really Call monumental episode, episode of TV. Yeah, this is a monumental episode of TV. Everything is on point here. Everything is spot on. But I want to take this opportunity, for anyone who is still listening at this point, I have to shout out the novel Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Ah, yeah. I think going into watching one of the, the show. One of the best. One of the best. One of the, one of the I remember I read that when it came out one of my favorites still maybe my favorite star wars novel um it was on my mind when i was watching kenobi because i was uh i was fortunate enough to meet and chat with claudia gray for a few minutes at a celebration anaheim and she told me about the her process of making this book and how they went back to the drawing board on some things after carrie fisher had passed to make it more of a, a tribute to the entire life of leia as a character and what she represented and how carrie fisher embodied that character but I really think that to, for anyone who hasn't read that book, who loves Kenobi, it's such an amazing companion on Leia's end. It enriches Leia as a character so much, especially at this point in her life. You know, it takes place a few years later, but I really can't rep- I really can't recommend it enough. I think that it and this show work so well together to enrich one another. If you haven't, go pick up a copy, check it out. It's it's phenomenal.
0: It's it's damn good. And I am like Yeah, God, I cannot sing this phrase enough. I'm not sure I, I think it's probably on my rush more. I have to really like I have to really narrow it down. I have to really fine coat and tooth, but it's definitely in my top ten Star Wars television episodes, period end of sentence. It solidifies Obi-Wan Kenobi as probably my second f- favorite piece of Star Wars media ever just behind jedi um
2: you mean young Jedi, of course
0: yes that's what i mean so jacob sorry, get ready oh yeah, jacob, yeah I'm jacob, ready. get ready for the next few months it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun time we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about kai we're gonna talk about liz we're gonna talk about taylor mostly we're gonna talk about nubs um but also i want you to know um jacob i want you to know that all of the all my obsession with nubs is kind of all this fault.
2: Because I don't know how that's true. First. But, oh, that's true. Well, yeah, and, I do love the and, guy, but you've taken it to new heights.
0: You, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but but uh, no, but actually nubs and porgs for me, actually, um were a very similar process where initially I'm like, what's the big deal? I don't get you know it. And like, then it kind of just clicked for me.
2: like, Can I ask you an opinion question just real quick yeah. before we close this episode? Yeah. Do you think that stories of nubs influenced obi-wan kenobi as a person of
0: course when he was course. a child of fucking course 100 <laughs> percent <What>, uh, <what, laughs>
2: young obi-wan kenobi was in the archives reading about look, nubs
0: you were the one who was like who who is like who took who put a screenshot of luthan handing oh yeah <laughs> that one crystal he's like maybe this was nubs crystal
2: that's Nubs is Chris. I'm gonna retweet this. I'm gonna retweet oh, myself oh, right now.
0: Remember, Pad Vizsla, Pad Vizsla painted his, his armor blue in honor of Nubs.
2: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> those are true canon facts.
0: Those are true canon facts. We need Daniel. Daniel is the older canon. Um, no, but I'm excited. I'm so excited. We wrapped up Obi Wan Kenobi next week. Actually, first Alden as our guest. Uh, where can everyone find you?
2: You can find me personally on all the platforms at that Alden Diaz, You can catch me particularly on Twitter because that is what it's called. As right now, I am retweeting my nubs crystal tweet. You can find <laughs> me. Octa Radio is back. Uh, the Mark Bernardin episode, by the time you listen to this, is up. Quintran, or, or sorry, Q Tran prefers to go by Q. Q is uh, the cinematographer for the majority of Ahsoka collaborative but particularly the cinematographer on shadow warriors also coming up on the show as well as isabella shipley from the star girl magazine so that's full force back and then uh, anytime with ken and alden every friday on that channel and the ken Napsock socials at uh, 2 p.m eastern 11 pacific and that is our culture politics life talk show which has been around for two three months now and has been i think a great Newborn of a show, and we're excited for its future. So, yeah,
0: I'm excited to see what Ben Affleck y'all are going to do this week. Uh, That's I
2: think about it every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the bit I didn't know I needed uh, until I got it. next week on Star Wars in the Galaxy. We're going to be doing our retrospective episode on Obi Wan Kenobi, and then I guess it's a uh, good time for me to make an announcements about the general future of in the galaxy. Um, we're uh, once again doing a half season of Star Wars in the Galaxy at the season 16 and a half, as we're calling it unofficially. Um uh, is going to be star wars visions yet again uh, between the time we covered the last vision stuff, they released more visions um and so all the stuff that would if it were canon canonically fit at least we believe within the timeline I think it's seven out of the nine um I know that my personal favorite of the all of the uh, vision shorts is in there specifically um yeah so these are the seven we're going to be looking at o song Sith Screecher's Reach, Journey to the Dark Head, In the Stars, The Bandits of Golok, and the Pit. And then, after that, this is now. This is probably going to be about three weeks from now. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, as I've mentioned before, take the plunge into the highlights for at least my highlights that I've curated from Young Jedi Adventures. Uh, I didn't feel like putting Jacob through all forty-nine stories of Young Jedi Adventures, so I cut quite a <laughs> few out. And left what I feel are like the bare bones stuff we need in order to get the story all done. And I, I'm really excited. I watched Young Giant Adventures. By the time this comes out, it came out about a week and a half ago, the final drop. And my guy, Alden will tell you, our good friend, Jared will tell you, I cannot shut up about the ending of this show. The ending of the show is good and not just for a five-year-old show.
2: Man's I'm been crying. I'm
0: floored. I'm floored. I am floored. Lord it how ha- there is a I've used I've jokingly used Emmy nominate Emmy Caliber to describe the twist at the end, but I was shocked. It was so set up so well. Never see it coming. Uh, you'll never know what hit you as somebody will as somebody might say. Um uh anyway, but um I'm gonna say it. oh yeah. So that's to be it for this episode of Star Wars in the Galaxy. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Anywhere you listen to podcasts will be there. Um you can find us everywhere at in a galaxy pod you can find me on my link tree which links to all my stuff e slash underscore fan 327 and yeah i'm really excited we got to the end of Obi-Wan Kenobi and onwards and upwards here with star wars visions and young jedi adventures all right and uh thanks for listening and may the force be with you always always